Welcome, everyone, back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on this fine Friday by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? That was my favorite. I'm good. That was my favorite intro you've ever done. Are we like on it? the haunted, haunted mansion ride at Disneyland? What is that? I don't know what I was going for exactly. It's it, just kind of a a, a baritone, uh, some sort of going going for a little bit more bass in my voice. That that okay. I know your skill set. That one stretched out of it. That was really cool. Can yeah, you do well, the entire podcast like that? Uh, it would hurt after a little while. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in pain <laughs> does anyone care raise their hand no no one cares just do a basso profundo the entire time oh my god is that is that a know. like a a well-known singer i don't know what that was yeah uh how are you dave i'm great tracy how are you i'm good did you watch uh the finale of ted lasso i didn't i haven't watched uh whew. I think I watched a little bit of the first episode, but I was just kind of waiting for it to accumulate. The first episode of this season. Of this season. It is very, uh, on. it's trying for uh, like a spirituality that's not necessarily stated. Let's put it that way. Ooh. Yeah. It, it got to admit, I mean, for just three seasons, that, that, that has to rate as one of the best series for just three seasons. I mean, probably the last... 10 years it's one of the best too that was yeah good. it's really good man I, I would say from a timing perspective it really was a uh, show for the moment uh yes. when it came out initially um and then i was much higher on the second season than i think um you know some of the critics were but i haven't i haven't watched any of this third season really. they tied up a lot that last episode did a lot it was too much it was accelerated a, a bit too much but clearly there were some things to tie up and there's you know with with lasso it's all about it's feel good and they do what they do the feel good well but sometimes you know it's a little it's not too feel good but the situations are are not logical sometimes but it's a fairy tale it's a fairy tale. but man it's so the best thing really and you could say that the best thing is just that team <laughs> how they're all such nice guys and they're just so dorky sweet the entire yeah. team right yeah yeah it's like our team here at bro yeah exactly 100 <laughs> percent. that's did you did you watch it you nailed it speaking of a show about nice people doing nice things uh did you watch succession um i'm not a succession fan wow i tried Wow, is it is it because literally there is not a single person worth um, there uh, are, feeling any good feelings towards? No, I like I like uh, movies and series that don't have an, a protagonist that all anti heroes. I'm I'm very much into not just having you know uh, an ideal kind of protagonist, but. Uh, do you want to? Do you want me to really cite why I don't like that show? I'd love it. So when it first started, I watched one show and I, I got a feeling for it. They were all sitting around on the sofa talking about their dad and making funny little quips and isn't this funny? And what should we do? Should should I be the CEO? No. What's dad going to do? How can we position this? I go. Oh, okay. 
was didn't really get me to watch and then I tuned into season two. Random a random episode. I think they are on the same sofa. <laughs> saying the same exact things. I go, that must have been a coincidence. Tuned in season three. Same room, same sofa. <laughs> they just read it. It was the same stuff over. And then I watched the finale. Pretty much they moved a few scenes around, like the locations, but same. They're still doing the same thing. I mean, the dad yeah. died, but... And I know everyone loves the little kind of business jargon and the little quips, and and it is witty and fun. I I there's there's very little plot, there's little development. It's just all dialogue, quirky little dialogue of them sitting around talking about their dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I it, I just it doesn't do anything for me, and I understand how, and I this is just my taste on that. Not I'm not saying it's a bad show. No, you're you're exactly descriptive of the show. Like yeah. that is an exact description, and it's just a matter of taste whether you find that enjoyable or not. Yes, yeah. Um, but they are all contemptible people, and uh, it stands in stark contrast to Mister Lasso. That my God, that is if aliens landed and watched those two shows, they think they'd be about two different planets or two different species. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking so you are a succession species? guy. Then. Yeah, well, okay. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but uh, no, no, I can. So I had a hard time with it when I first like, and I just kept hearing people tell me, "Watch, you know, watch like a few episodes, and you'll start to like really enjoy it." But I didn't enjoy like the first episode, two episodes or so. It took a little bit before I kind of got into it. Yeah. But it's very good. Um, we're not here to talk about TV shows. Why not? Let's just do it. Okay, we'll talk about a little TV show I like to call UCLA Men's Basketball. Wow, look at you. One of the best long-running series I've ever been watching. Best intro and best segue. All in one show, right? And that's the title. I'm always trying to find you a title. Just broadcast. (laughs) Best intro, best segue. Best intro, best segue. Uh, There was a lot of basketball news this week. Tracy Pearson of Bruin Report Online. Um, I've had my name changed. Yeah. Uh, so, March, uh, May, not March, May 31st was the NBA draft deadline, the point at which uh, players can either come back to school with no issue or they're in the draft. So, we were waiting, obviously, on two names uh, Adem Bona and Jalen Clark. Everyone else pretty much already decided but those two were a little bit up in the air um as we'd reported earlier in the week and i think the previous week the expectation was leaning more towards bona being the one to stay clark being the one to leave and and, and we reported that correct didn't we didn't, yeah did yeah, i yeah. report that yeah okay. it was, just it was either sure. mess it was message board but yeah yeah i just want to make sure i reported that because there are a lot of people coming down to it saying uh it looks like that's wrong bona would have pulled out by now if he was going to withdraw so yeah, I just, you know, just eh, every once in a while, you need to make sure that we well, all know that end, we were right. In the end, Bona did pull out. I set of, you up. Of the draft. Um, set me up. How? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he pulled out of the draft um, and returned to school. He was the first announcement of the day, a little bit early in the day. He had said initially he wasn't going to take it to the last day, and then he did. But that's fine. 
Um, he he announced his return to school, um, and then Jalen Clark later in the day announced, well, it was reported, then he announced that he would be staying in the draft. Um, and then uh, there was additional news on top of that, but let's start there. Um, Bona's return, obviously significant. Um, you know, getting a, a former five-star freshman back for his sophomore year. Uh, he'll be healthy for the start of, of uh, fall practices. Um, do we know if he's going to be healthy for Spain? I guess that's probably the big question. More than likely not. Yeah. I would say. So probably won't see him in Spain. Which is uh, good, though. It will give all the youngsters a lot of time. Yeah. On and games then he'll that be don't back, count. And he'll be back for the games that actually count. Um, and he'll be... You know, that version of Bona that we saw at the end of the year who had kind of figured out, you know, how to play within the confines of Pac-12 refereeing and uh, was starting to really make an impact defensively. Um, it'll be interesting to see how what he adds to his game uh, if he tries to play. You know, we'll see with another piece of news, uh, Daimara, you know, whether he's going to actually play some four um, or at least some defensive four. And then with Clark leaving... Um, you know, obviously, you're losing the idea of Jalen Clark, but I think there's there's a because his injury was never clearly reported. I think nationally, there's this real disconnect between how people talk about Jalen Clark and what the reality of this season would have been for him. Uh, he wasn't going to play well this year if he played. I, I want everyone to be really clear on that. You don't come back from an Achilles in basketball and suddenly look really good. You just don't. Whether his, whether his attitude was right or not, he was not going to be a good player this year. And that's okay. That's not a knock on him. Uh, but this idea that they lost the defensive player of the year, they lost that guy when he got hurt. And they weren't going to get him back until a mythical fifth year happened. It wasn't going to happen this year. What UCLA lost with Jalen Clark is um, the potential for that fifth year. But also just... Um, uh, a scholarship. That's it. They, they lost. They, they got to open up a scholarship because he wasn't going to play well this year. And uh, by the time he got back in February, he was going to be insanely rusty. So he's electing to go pro, which is a really interesting move for him. Um, I I would be. There's virtually no chance he gets drafted, um, but this avenue he gets to you know sign a free agent deal or whatever um make some money rehab and then show out for some team in you know next probably in advance of next nba season not this one coming up yeah there's a lot going on there um uh i, I mean for everything that jalen clark meant to ucla basketball you would of course always want him you'd always want to honor his scholarship Right. Um, you'd always want him to return, be a part of the program. Um, I think ultimately this is the best result for all, for both all parties involved. Um, the sense around the program was that he, he wanted to leave that, that mentally, uh, emotionally, he was kind of done with college right there. You kind of don't want that kind of guy returning to college. (laughs) You know, um, because we saw it at a at a very lower level, but we saw it a little bit with Tiger Campbell this year. Like you could sense that he was sort of done with being in college. And there's nothing against that. I, I, I mean, 
I can't relate because I went five years and I would have gone nine and I, kept I would going. Have happily, happily gone twelve. But my experience was probably not as demanding as theirs, so I can get it. Uh, I understand what they went through. So there's there's that, and just to be candid, given that mindset for him, given that he might wanted, if he came back in February and he wanted to showcase himself for the NBA draft, what kind of player he would have been. And if he were a hundred percent and then if he, if he wasn't the player that we thought he was and he didn't deserve playing time, the dynamic with Mick Cronin, uh, it just, to me, it, it had the potential for a chemistry buster. Um, He's Mick Cronin's going to have this team that's all. Oh, is that what you think, Buster? <laughs> um, well, I don't know what that was. I don't know. Are you? I, I, I wish your kids would be able to chalk that up as a dad joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell them later what you said. Uh, I will. Um, his roster is. I mean, except for Lazar Stefanovic, really, his roster are a lot of old. Well. Ken Nuba too, is mostly really young guys. And that kind of bonding and chemistry between the young guys um, will, they'll all be on this kind of the same page that they're really just beginning their experience in the UCLA basketball program. And I think there's, without really elaborating even more, I think there's a, a better chance for good chemistry on this team because Jalen Clark moved on for him. I, you know, it'd be interesting. He won't get drafted. Well, we can't say for certain, but almost certainly. So then you would think he'll try to train to be ready for the draft in 2024. That'd be the idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe make a little bit of money in the meantime on whatever, um, get some rehab deal from a team so they get some sort of consideration. I don't know. Yeah, the, the smart thing would be to not enter, like, to still not enter this year's draft. Because um, I don't, I think you, I don't know. I, I need to look at the rules, but uh, that would probably be the smart thing. Um, I just want to say, too, before UCLA announced the signing of uh, Elon Fablue, uh, I, so... Uh, non-UCLA related. So I graduated from UCLA 40 years ago, went to Europe. Second day I was there, I met a Kiwi, guy from New Zealand, and a French-Canadian, guy from Quebec. And we've maintained a relationship for 40 years. And we just had our 40th year reunion last week. Pretty amazing. I mean, we've seen each other probably 12 to 15 times, a lot, but not this has been the first time in 40 years that all three of us were together. Like we, you know, we'd see each other in pairs. So I happened to be with my French Canadian friend when Dave called and I said, Dave, we're going to finally get the definitive pronunciation of this recruit's name. And my French speaking friend said, that's not a name. <laughs> that's a made which up is, name. That's not a go, really no, French thing it's to a say. Name. Philip? That's a really French thing to say. Oh, that, uh, he's, he's not a name. That's not a real name. I go, Philippe, it's a name. It's not. He goes, well, if it were a name, it'd be Fiblouet. That's how you would say that. 
So we nailed it before UCLA even nailed it because I had my French uh, consultant at my side. This is behind the scenes. Yeah, this is how it works. Online. Elon, Fibluey. Fibluey. It's Fibluey. 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 Yeah. Fibluey. Whatever you feel is right. Whatever you feel. So, so he was announced um, that same day as well, his signing. Uh, he signed a grant and aid, um, which uh, the big upshot, and Tracy uh, underscored this point in his little story afterwards, was uh, if they're announcing, that means he's in school. That means he's been admitted. And here's, um, or or it looks amazingly good, like almost a slam dunk, just that a lot of the paperwork hasn't been finished. Right. And th- I can tell you this. You know, everyone is worried about getting admitted into UCLA, and it's a legitimate worry when we're not giving, providing the names of a lot of the international recruits, and everyone goes, this is ridiculous. Why are they playing this mystery game? It's because if you're a recruit and you want to go to UCLA, UCLA has successfully recruited you, and then you're getting, you have to jump through hoops to get qualified academically so you're trying jumping through hoops you're doing all these things maybe you didn't pass the TOEFL to begin with that's the English proficiency exam and you're struggling and then let's say Arizona swoops in and says hey guess what you're admitted to Arizona and he says I did not even apply and he goes well, doesn't matter on, you're it's in not, it's not that easy Tracy they do have to take your vitals I got a story for, uh, I'm not going to talk about I know it's very easy. It's not a long process. They take your vitals and you sign a sheet. <laughs> I know I'm going to get it from Arizona. We're going to get it from Arizona. And you don't care. But anyway, so, and then dump a bunch of NIL, you know, in your Venmo, even though I learned Venmo is not international. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was huh. with my two international friends. They're like, hey, we'll Venmo you. And they're all, what is that? Anyway. Very so that's why they want this. These names kept quiet. It's 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 difficult to get through. If you're a kid, you're really frustrated. You've done so much way beyond. And Duke comes in and says, "Oh, you're in. Boom. And here's some nil for you. Uh, what do you? What would you do? So get that. Just please, everyone, just internalize that. That'd be great. And then here's a little nugget from what I've learned. So as we said, uh, Fibluie, ooh, that was really good. That was nice. I like that. Spending time with a French Canadian. Uh, uh, he, from w- what I know is that he might have had, they were all of these kids, all the foreign international players are all really good students, but he might have been, I don't want to say the worst, but not the best of the four. So what would you take from that, Dave? Uh, Well, if I didn't know about the capricious nature of UCLA admissions, I would say that's a good sign for the rest of the international uh, recruits. But however, I deal in reality where uh, there is no rhyme or reason to UCLA admissions in the best of times, in the best of times. Uh, But when uh, we get into uh, the athletic things where we've got some weird xenophobia going on, uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Adai Mara... There was all, uh, you know, a story that was being leaked out from his pro team because he decided, uh, Mara decided to 
discontinue his contract, which he was able to do from my understanding after he turned 18. So now they're first, I think they put out a tweet or some kind of information that said for him, for we're not allowing him on his contract. It's going to cost $700,000. And I don't know which came before the other one, but then there was also another tweet that said uh, he's out of his contract. (laughs) So to my knowledge, the $700,000 is not accurate. Um, uh, he told them he wanted out of his contract. It's clearly public that they ain't happy with that. So they're doing whatever they can to try to disrupt that. But from what I have learned, I mean, it's it's done. He's out. He's gone. Um, whether there might be uh, some... they somehow reach an agreement that he needs to pay something that that might be true but to my knowledge at this moment it has not been designated as seven hundred thousand dollars yeah yeah i mean it sounds like posturing i mean it sounds like negotiations in public um and uh you know i i don't know anything about uh, spanish magisterial law but um are you yeah. kidding me i thought that's your major I mean, for a time. Like, I probably have a pretty good handle on what was going on in, like, 1747. During the the Inquisition. Yeah, Louis the 13th, Louis the 14th. Like, if you want me to, like, navigate the Inquisition for you, I can probably handle that. Can we uh, have a podcast on that? That'd be so cool. That'd be cool. Navigating the Inquisition. That's it. David Woods. Yeah. You could make that the title of this bro. <laughs> just do it we're in the off season doesn't matter it'll be great you'll get now more interest from position you'll get more interest from that going what the hell does this mean uh no one navigates the spanish inquisition no one um okay so the basketball roster uh so that's a daimara lan fabluet is uh is is signed clark is gone bona is in so that leaves um yeah tentatively at 12 where we are right now right tentatively at 12 scholarship players isn't it at 11 no who's the so oh okay i'm counting the unidentified international prospect okay Okay. Well, because he okay. should just because he's unidentified doesn't mean he's any less. These games we're playing. Well, I'm. I'm we're playing dude, a dangerous game. I just game. told you why I'm doing it, but I'm just telling you right now that UIP is just as legit as Fiblue, Mara. He's and, in the same range D-Day. of legit. The same range of legit. I could say even more. So there you go. Well, I like to be. Uh, you know. I like to pee in the cornflakes. So don't a bit. don't just. Someone said I I pissed in their coffee. Someone said yep. that on the board this morning because I well, gave them facts. That's and news. part of the service. I Bro. tried to find. <laughs> I I try to find any kind of graphic, any kind of gif of someone peeing in someone's coffee. I there's people peeing in a lot of stuff, but not that Google search may get you arrested in certain locales. Yeah, that, that's true. And yeah. I can't, you can't ever really get rid of your search. No. I've learned that on Dateline. Um, if anyone has a gif of someone peeing specifically in a cup of coffee, that'd be great. Yeah, now we're getting into federal law. But UI, the UIP, just because we don't know his name, doesn't make him less. I mean, you are kind of discriminating because we don't know his name, Dave. That makes him no less of a human being. 
Wow. I mean, I don't think I'm diminishing his humanity. His uh, existence is what you're diminishing. I'm simply saying <laughs> it is very hard to count scholar. I've been let me take everyone behind the curtain because I like to start doing like my basketball like oh you know what could the roster look like you know who needs to play this role and all kinds of I like doing that stuff now I can't even speculate about this one guy because we're doing unidentified and Tracy gave his rationale on the whole thing but it makes my job harder makes it more it difficult makes, of course it makes the fanship harder but yeah because then it's I'm like, so sorry. Well, do I count the do I'm I count so sorry, the scholar- jobs but, but do I count the scholarships as they are right now? Do I count them as they are known to everyone else? Do I count them as they are speculated to be oh, at the end of June? I'm so sorry, it's not all just black and white and easy for you. I'm sorry, Dave. It's very difficult. Um, oh wait, there's one other thing. Weird. Um, Cam Spencer. Well, I dropped the other little thing that Sebastian Mack has not been admitted to UCLA. That's what. When, that's how when, I. That's how I peed in everyone's coffee. When he gets admitted. Wow. Can we call it the return of the Mac? What's that? Can we call it the return of the Mac when he gets admitted? (laughs) Yes, you you can. Dave, you can call it whatever you want. All right, great. Um, Return of the Mac. Okay, well, that's good. Um, And then they were recruiting Cam Spencer, the Rutgers uh, grad transfer guard. Yeah. They will get an official visit from him along with UConn. Miami. Damn. What's the last one? There's four. Come on, Dave. Uh, I don't know, man. One that doesn't matter. Who's getting there first? Who's getting there first? Oklahoma. Oh, damn. That's not the one that matters. Okay. UConn matters right now. UConn and Miami, I think both matter. Yeah, uh, big NIL money. But, you know, he comes out here. He sees UCLA. It's going to be a sunny day or maybe not. And says, I need a change of venue in my life. This looks like a beautiful place. Cronin convinces him, I have this team of 18-year-olds. Come in, step in, and start. You've got four NBA players behind you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think they'll have maybe a good shot if they could put together just a Fairly competitive NIL package. So this guy rules, uh, everyone. You may, you may be thinking, oh, it's just one of those situations where he's like, Love you know, him. getting overvalued because he's in the transfer portal. This guy's really good. Um, he shoots it incredibly well. He's uh, over forty percent from three for his career. Um, his only his only mediocre year was in twenty one twenty two, and that was after I believe um, uh, an injury. Uh, he was returning from an injury, sort of the same way David Singleton had one bad year shooting, and it was after he came back from the foot injury. Um, he, get this, shot nearly 90% from the free throw line last year. <laughs> 89.4%. And, um, just yeah. an incredible shooter. That's not even my two favorite stats. Um, 3.1 assists. That's as good as many point guards. Oh, I'm going to give you my favorite stat. No, no, no. I'm. I said my favorite stat. Okay, I'll let you have it. I know. Go ahead. You stole well, my stat thunder. No, no, no. Go. No, I want. I want your stat. Give it. Give me your stat. Uh, a little over two steals a game. That's my stat. Had him in the top fifteen or sixteen in the country, where our boy Jalen Clark was two point six a game. That was my stat. Wow. That's this is a this is a guy who plays a well-rounded game. You know, well, and, that, and everyone. So, if UCLA landed him, 
Rutgers was one of the few teams in the country last year that was comparable to UCLA defensively. And Cam Spencer was a big part of that. Uh, he was second on the team in steal rate. Caleb McConnell was first. But um, to do that, as we saw this past year with Jalen Clark, to do that as a 6'4 guard, um, that's hard. It's hard to generate steals like that. Um, you think in that regard? <laughs> yes. You just rhymed. You, I know. And I was going to just keep it going, but then I thought it'd be really bad. Yeah, no, I know. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Good assist rate um, and uh, plays defense. Shoots the ball like it's, uh, you know. And the video, the, watching the videos of him are just really fun. Yeah. <laughs> because he makes great decisions. Yeah. And yeah, the passing, and he, man. Throwing those alley-oops, the, the post feeds and all that are just great. Well, and, unless you think um, it, it's system dependent, he was he was a really good steal guy at Loyola, Maryland, too. Um, oh, that's something to mention. Yeah. So he's – this is translated. Um, it's translated at each level that he's been at. So, um, yeah, this would be a really, really, really good get. I think he would come in and start immediately. Um, I think he would, too. And uh, – Play the play the off guard position, and, um, and and the connection is Ivo Simovich, UCLA's illustrious uh, assistant coach, who has connected them with all their international prospects, and then the one guy that comes up in the transfer portal. I'm just I'm I'm imagining the scene, you know, because I'm originally a screenwriter, right? So I'm imagining the scene where Ivo comes in to, but. Uh, Mick Cronin is looking at the transfer portal. I go, oh, this Cam Spencer guy. He looks good. And Evo, just after recruiting all these international guys, oh, coach, I uh, I uh, coached him three years at uh, Loyola. I know him. I know him really well. Is that is that a good? No. Okay, no, you, but, you try. But I, but I want to hear it even more. No, you try. No. Why not? You You, you obviously do accents pretty darn well. I, I, my my Eastern European isn't very good, and also um, everyone sounds like Russian. Just do Russian, and no one knows. <laughs> yeah, my my Russian just sounds menacing. Boris and Natasha. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Boris and Natasha. It's uh, it's borderline uh, problematic. I mean, would you actually be no have distinction between a Serbian accent and just any kind of bland? No, East because Coast. you I just mean, heard me. Eastern I referred European. to Serbia as Eastern European. Oh. <laughs> Evo, like, Evo's you, not going to like you. <laughs> like, is there a fundamental difference between how you would do that for, like, uh, a Serbian versus, like, a Lithuanian? Like, I'd probably do the same thing. Slovenia. Yeah. You know, Croatia. Oh, God, we are just... Yeah. We're yeah. really being bad Well, and, like, there have been a lot of wars fought about the differentiation and, uh, one of the you know. prettiest, seriously, if you're traveling, one of the best places to go in the world, that whole kind of Adriatic, I guess, if you're talking like Dubrovnik and all that, that whole area down there right now, that is so beautiful because it's it's essentially, you know, Europe-y, feels, feels like Europe, but not as touristy as Western Europe and just so beautiful, incredible. I had to save it because I thought we were demeaning it, all that area too much. We were demeaning it. Yeah. Yeah. I found it problematic. I'm sad about it. 
Um, all right, so that is uh, the basketball roster situation. So um, still one outstanding unidentified international prospect and then a potential transfer in uh, Cam Spencer. And then uh, when it comes to recruiting, too, uh, I wanted to just touch on because it's kind of fun and interesting. Don McLean uh, brought up, he was, on, he was on some podcast, but someone posted it on our board about him rightfully bemoaning the state of American AAU ball and, and, you know, American recruiting that you go out that this whole system of AAU teach doesn't teach. It's not a structure where, or a process where any of these kids learn how to actually play good basketball. Um, he brought up Amari Bailey as an example that Amari Bailey was used to just blowing by everyone off the dribble. And then he got to college and he hit kind of a wall on that. But he gave him credit that he that he learned. Um, you know, you could see the whole learning curve during the season. But Don complaining about that absolutely nails it. That's accurate. But this is not a revelation. This is how it's been for as long as I've been doing this job. I mean, we've always bemoaned how painful it is to watch AAU basketball. Uh, but his point was that since it's not his uh, extra point, was not that it's just not developing American players, that uh, pro- college programs are looking overseas internationally because they're finding a higher quality of prospect, um, one that has learned fundamentals, learned how to play with teammates, uh, footwork, and is overall has more humility, more hunger uh, to succeed, a harder worker generally. And we've touched upon this too. And I have no problem with this. I mean, I, I don't think Don said it directly, but he implied it saying, isn't that sad for, you know, America, for American recruits. And I say, tough. I, I mean, for one thing, the coaches, there's no, diminishing the integrity of American college basketball coaches for looking overseas. They're going where the recruits are and the type of recruits that they need. And I think it's great. Um, Watching American AU basketball for so long. First off, nothing's ever going to change ever. It's not going to change the way the system is, but watching AU basketball for so long, you just always said, God, you would just hope call it, sometime college coaches would have other options, and now they do. And maybe there's a message that's sent to this whole structure of AAU basketball that this isn't working. Because right now, I mean, how many 2024 recruits are, is UCLA actually recruiting aggressively? Not many. Not many. And I think... Th- They've they've already got some guys that they're recruiting aggressively for 2024 that are international recruits. Um, why why not? Why would you even think that there's anything wrong with doing this? I don't see why. Yeah. I mean, I think the the situation for a lot of schools is the combination of the existing AAU problems that have been, I mean, since I've been doing it, which is whatever. How long has it been? Uh, since I've been covering AAU stuff. Yeah. For a while, you mean? 
Yeah, 11 or 12 years, something like that. Um, so when I called you and you were in Portland, that was 12 years ago? That was 12 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been fun. Um, but it's been bad since then from like a developmental standpoint, from a guy's learning how to play standpoint, the whole thing. Like that's been bad for a long time. Yes. But when you add in, because and a big reason why it's bad is because first the structure is bad, yada, yada, yada. But also um, from a smoke blown up the ass standpoint. Um, you've Which just you got, always have to look at it from that standpoint of smoke all, going up someone's ass. Yeah, it's yeah. such a big factor because these guys then need to get into a program where they can like have the humility to understand, and this is such a hard thing to understand at 18, that I'm not that good and I need to get a lot better. Like to have that mentality when you have just everyone – just kissing your butt all the time. While from, smoke is going up it. While smoke is going up it. Like, think about the dynamics of that. Think about how hard that is physically. Um, but that starts when some of these guys are like 15, 14. Um, and just think about, like, when you were that age, if somebody had just been like, oh, my God, you're so great. You're going to make so much money. You don't need to go to that. All that crap. Just from, you know, basically day one when you grow to, like, 6'6". Six, six. So you got that going on. And now you also have NIL, which makes it so that these guys who have smoke blown up their ass from the time they're 14. With other people are, kissing it. Yes. Are also being told you should make whatever, $500,000 the minute you enter a college campus because they should be lucky to have you. If this was a previous era, you would be going to the NBA straight out of, straight out of high school. Uh, this is just a stopping point. So somebody needs to pay you a lot of money to go there. Otherwise, you're just going to go to Europe or something. Um, they've got that too. So if you're um, a program that isn't down to play that game at the extreme level, which is way overpaying for like a top 80 kid, um, then the only smart thing, the only prudent thing is to find a different avenue. Find some other place where you can get players. Now, UCLA, in obvious fact, has gone and done that. Now, if I want to get highfalutin about it, I don't think it's ideal. I, I really don't. I think in the ideal world, um, you're still building your uh, American college basketball program on largely uh, high school talent that you get in the United States. But a whole lot would have to change about the system uh, for that to be realistic for a lot of schools now if they want to win at the highest level. That's the thing. What's not ideal? Yeah, it's not ideal. You know what really isn't ideal? The AAU whole structure and process and the state of uh, uh, American recruits. Like what you, uh, of how much smoke getting blown, I, just the type. So I've been, since I've been doing this a long time, I know a lot of a, uh, AAU coaches especially all the ones from Southern California. I mean, I'm longtime friends with a lot of them. Uh, built a relationship because I remember I used to run West Coast basketball recruiting for rivals, uh, the insider scout. And uh, so I know these guys. And I'll admit, I took a little bit, some time off from AAU, <laughs> from AAU basketball during the Steve Alford era. And then... Interesting. Why was that? Yeah, we'll just let that... We'll let that just be as it is we'll and just we'll just let it exist so i was probably out for four or five years and then i came back 
And all the AU guys are all, oh my God, what are you doing back? So, you know, talking with them, they go, hey, these, these kids today, they are different than any other kid. And these are 20 year veterans saying these kids are just wired differently than the way kids were just six, seven, eight years ago. And I know that's what you, you say. Oh yeah. Okay. Boomer. But this isn't me talking. This is them talking that they're trying that and people who are trying to coach and they're saying it's, it's just a completely different experience of trying to it, not necessarily worse, but oftentimes, um, but just a whole different human being. <laughs> and because they're, they are so molded by social media and now, uh, so a couple of years ago when I first went out, they all talked about how social media had changed these recruits. And now it's all talking about how NIL is changing them all. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I couldn't imagine recruiting to that. I know there are more, I know AU coaches, but I know a lot of assistant coaches too. And I, when I go out, I talk to them and the consensus among all of them is if they call a kid, anyone, generally the majority of them were four star or better. The question gets asked very quickly. So how much NIL do you have for us? <laughs> like guys who have, you know, in the days when programs used to cheat, the type of player who had no business asking for cheating money. They're all asking for NIL money. And it's, it's like the first out of their mouths. And if it's not coaches told me it's third, but it's only because they're, they're trying to make it the third thing they say, because they don't want it to sound like it's the first, but they know it's the first. And if you don't have, and, and a lot of times you're not talking to the kid, you're even not talking to his dad, you're talking to some kind of representative agent. This is for just common four-star guys. And if you don't talk NIL, you're out from the beginning. For solid four-year players, this is happening. Not for all of them, but it is... It's just enough, you know, it's stunning enough that it's happening just for some of them. And five-star, I mean, dun, 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 dun. I mean, it's circus, circus time. Um, so that's what, could you imagine trying to recruit to that? You just call someone and you can't get a hold of the kid. You've got to talk to his, his agent or his dad. And, and a lot of these agents, agents, and that's air quotes, are not like professional up, upstanding agent, which might be a oxymoron. Uh, they're like more kind of street agents that don't know a lot of things and don't necessarily have a lot of integrity either. So you're dealing, that's what you're dealing with as a college coach when you're recruiting. So you can understand there are some guys you just have to say, nope, not we're not going to get involved with that. I mean, there are some very talented kids on the West Coast in 2026 
that are phenomenal prospects. And I, I mean, the entry into the circus, the ticket is like a million dollars of NIL. Now, when they are going, I mean, they're still freshmen. They're going to be, and they're going to be sophomores, sophomores to be. That's the state of it. So then you call up Jan Vide, right? Who's from Slovenia. And you hear things from his coaches that, you know, he gets in the gym at 5 a.m. He takes a thousand shots a day. He's in the weight room. All he does is dream about coming to America. And when you talk to him, he says, oh, I, I've taped three of your games and I watched them. And I'm taking an a English uh, enhancement court. I mean, what? Who would you want to recruit? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's it, no question about it, and it's the the thing is maybe I'm a little bit more hopeful because I do think it will have to change at the um, at the AAU level at some level at some point, um, just because I think you are going to see that more and more where. Um, you know, UCLA has gained access to those international markets. Arizona's long had access. Gonzaga has access. Uh, Duke seems to be trying to dip its toes in the water. Um, I think even for the schools that are willing to, to some extent, play the game, like play the AAU game and do that sort of stuff, I still think they're going to want to, you know, attract other types, um, to put it mildly. And at a certain point, for the AAU people, well, you you still need to have your guys funneling to these top tier schools, and if those top tier schools are more often passing on some of these guys, I, I guess my point is the market is going to have to get figured out and corrected here pretty soon um, because you're just not going to see schools wanting to pay the prices that guys are asking for, you know, a top forty guy. Okay, but that's the general. What aspect of the market's going to correct? Uh, the asking price. Hmm. Well, at this point, we're a ways away because right now it's just escalating. Oh, I think we're a couple years at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, that's I, I think in the in the medium term, it's going to have to correct. Hmm. Okay, I'll be interested to see that. I think there needs to be some kind of regulation, or this is just going to keep running out of control because right now NIL is just getting started. There are plenty of, they're going to, as soon as it gets, there are so many boosters who don't have their mind around NIL yet. And when they do, and this is a slow process, there's going to be more and more NIL money. That asking price is only happening because there's a precedent set in the market that someone got a million dollars. Okay, well, we want 1.2. And they got a million dollars because some program had that NIL money. And all these NIL collectives are operating with two, three million. What happens three or four years in when they really establish a consistent donorship and they're at seven million? So <laughs> I don't, I don't see how this corrects um, unless there's some kind of regulation somehow. And I have no idea where that would come from because the NCA is just not a fit organization to be able to do that. Yeah, there needs to be a new governing body. Anyway, we need to move on, Tracy. Okay, let's do it. What do you want to talk about, Dave? You want to talk about football? We got to talk about football. Oh, football recruiting. They uh, they had a huge recruiting weekend last weekend. Huge. I mean, the best rush end in the country, Elijah Rushing. Great name. This guy is just this. 
If you've ever seen this guy in person too, I mean, this guy is like Hollywood casting and his name's Rushing. Come on. You wouldn't even name him Rushing. That'd be too cliche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's first of, well, starting July 1st, uh, football recruits can take unlimited amounts of visits, which is going to be really interesting. Are, are kids really going to take seven, eight, nine visits? I would just, uh, honest to God, I would spend the entire fall just officially visiting. You know they have to play high school football. Yeah, so you go in for the Saturday morning official visit. What are you talking about? Okay. No, I mean, I'm not... Tracy, go back to I yourself would too. as a high school I, I, senior. Wouldn't no, no, you no, no, just absolutely. travel the country? 100%. Go to as many different cities as you possibly could? 100% absolutely. Yes. I'm just... Yeah. But it will, it'll be interesting Like the see. free food would be incredible. Yeah. I'd probably well, gain, gain 30 you'd pounds. you gain weight. You... <laughs> You would not be a prospect by the time you finish. <laughs> but I would have such an amazing senior year of high school. Eight weeks, eight official visits in a row. You would end up <laughs> just obese. <laughs> and then everyone's dropping you and you're wondering why. Um, no, you wouldn't wonder why. I'd be like, was that worth it? It was worth it. It was probably worth it. Uh, it was funny because everyone thought if you said they were going to get a crystal ball out of this, it would have been... Maybe Cameron Jones are running back from St. John Bosco, even though he's got, a, I think, a couple of visits left. But no, our guy, Blair. I just start talking like this when I talk about Blair. Because Blair, Blair my name's Blair. Hi, I'm Blair. I'm Blair. Uh, put in a crystal ball for Blake Tabarachi. I'm so proud of, it's a great uh, name, Blake of the, training, the training I gave Blair, Blair. As, a, as a young intern. At the Daily Bruin. Oh, I want to hear, or don't I want? Or I don't want. No, to hear. this is, is this I, this drinking. Just, it's, this no. This is a cul- this oh. is a culmination event. You know, him putting in this crystal ball for uh, Blake Tabarachi. It's you know you can see a through line. Okay. From the minute he walks into the Daily Bruin office to now, it's just you know it it tugs at the heartstrings. You mean he owes it all to you? He owes it all to me. You know, I'd be in this position right now. I kind of. My memory of you at the Daily Bruin, and this is inaccurate, but somehow I've got this image, this character of you. Mm-hmm. If you remember Dan Aykroyd from Chain, uh, Trading Places when he was in the Santa suit and stealing the salmon from the party <laughs> and sticking it, that's kind of... <laughs> and that's I mean, not, not demeaning. That's... I'm in awe of you. Because, <laughs> come on, when you see that scene in that movie, you're just going, that's fantastic. I wish I could do that. Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Not How wrong. long did you have those flip-flops? Boy. Um, that was actually more of a Birkenstock era. Okay. You had a pair of flip-flops that you were not... If it were pouring rain, you were in the, those flip-flops. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there was a good pair of rainbows that I had for like f- four years. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get... Were you ever dressed in a Santa outfit? I've never gotten dressed in a Santa outfit. I would, I, this Christmas, please do it. I have worn a it. Santa beard, though. Why do you need a Santa beard? Your beard's fantastic. That would, <laughs> in a Santa outfit with your beard, oh my God. There were a couple years. You gotta uh, do that in, this year. There were a couple years in my youth that I went to Halloween dressed as God, and I had to use the, uh, and you just beard. dressed as yourself? Oh. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, I would wear the big beard, and then I'd have a name tag. Yes. That's a, because no one no one knows God. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah. I thought I was funny. 
I, I you got to give you got uh, you know offensive line coach Tim Drevno three offensive line commitments pretty, pretty big time pretty pretty big time pretty impressive um there's also some other guys out there right um yeah that they have probably a pretty good shot Nathan Nathan Roy Nathan Roy I think it's between UCLA and uh Minnesota which is yeah. really interesting why it's not Wisconsin I mean we get you live there your brother's out at UCLA so UCLA but Minnesota, Minnesota's done a really good job of actually recruiting him. Well, it's really good because they're they're looking good for so many guys who are listed as offensive tackles. And if you wanted to, just build every offensive line class out of nothing but offensive tackles. Yeah, I, I just fine. recently wrote this too. And I, yeah. that's, that's not by mistake. I mean, I think Drevno is doing that intentionally. Yeah, have the athleticism to play tackle, move inside, you're going to be an awesome guard. Have we talked about Marquise Thorpe Taylor, the most recent? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. What we're talking about. Brandon was here last week, right? Correct. And he knows Marquise personally? Like He does. Marquise he does. He's a cl- cl- close circle. personal friend. Yeah. yeah. But pretty impressive, you'd have to say, um, uh, that they're three in the bag. They're one of two finalists and i think there's some confidence about nathan roy uh he still has to visit minnesota i think so watch out for that um but yeah pretty uh pretty impressive i i, I think they still have a really good chess chance with justin tauanu from huntington beach um i'm personally would be really satisfied with high school recruiting if they, because with uh, UCLA football, they've been, rec- I think we can safely say after three cycles that they're recruiting the transfer portal at a very high level and a very effective level. Mm-hmm. Just keep bringing in four offensive high school offensive linemen a year and four defensive linemen a year. Then Whatever you get from the other positions, you get a running back, get a couple of line, well, get a whole team full of linebackers because Ken Norton (laughs) is a very effective recruiter. Um, You know, sprinkle in a few other guys, right? And then, and then, you know, use the transfer portal. I think what UCLA is going to need once it gets into the Big Ten is a lot of, a lot of guys in the trenches. And, And the way you do that, is not just to get a lot of uh, high-level talent, but a lot of guys and sift through them and see who develops. Um, yep. If we ended up with four John Gaines, I think we'd be, or at least three, both guard positions and center, I think we'd be happy. So, yeah, uh, I'm, this is uh, I'm not going by the recruiting numbers, the ratings or anything. This class has really started out so well just because of those, how well they're doing on offensive line recruiting. Yeah. So kudos to uh, Tim Drevno. Uh, we should uh, mention um, some very sad news this week. Um, former defensive coordinator Bill McGovern uh, died. Um, he was uh, battling cancer. Um, you know, Ryan Abraham from uh, USCfootball.com. He was actually doing uh, the Tour de Pier, which is a um, it's a stationary bike thing uh, down in Hermosa, where you know people ride for uh, for uh, to raise money for uh, cancer research. Um, and Chip Kelly and Tim Drevno, and I think a 
fair bit of the staff actually were out there uh, writing for McGovern, uh, and that was just I think two weeks ago. Wow. Um, so very sad. He was just uh, sixty years old, um, and obviously it had you know complications last year. But uh, very sad news. And you can uh, kind of piece together a bit uh, what the last year and a half was like for him. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he was really energized and enthused to be out in California. I I was in the Luskin Center a couple of times, and he was there with his family, and I, and he looked he looked. I mean, this is pretty soon after he was hired. He he was just glowing. It looked like he was so happy to be there. His whole family too. So it looked like he was very happy to find his place. And then we know when he got ill through the middle of last season. And everyone I talked to about him, because remember, we well, we needed to report on it, but we wanted to be sensitive to the situation. And uh, everyone I talked to about him only had very good things to say about him personally and said, uh, I mean, he was aware he was dying, but he the phrase that kept getting repeated is he, he just wanted to go out with his boots on. Yeah. He wanted to literally coach and coach at UCLA up until his last day. That that's what he wanted to do. So yeah. And he was still out there a couple of times during spring ball, spring Um, ball, which was what a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, he, 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 he was doing what he loved. Um, so very sad. Um, you know, wish all the best to the family. Um, yep. But they, they, and they put out a really, um, really a lovely statement um, about McGovern, but also his love for UCLA and, you know, how essentially what you just said, how happy he was to uh, be a part of the program. Yep. So, yeah. So uh, I'm going to have best. a bourbon. I've already had a bourbon to him toasted so i think i'll have another one right now there you go (laughs) all right well i think that about wraps it up for us you got anything else no i think we did really well all right so proud of us i'm so proud all right well for tracy pearson i'm david woods brown report online and we will talk to you again next time see y'all